Science on the Menu, a podcast by the European Food Safety Authority. Hello and welcome to EFSA's podcast, Science on the Menu. A very warm welcome to you. My name is James Ramsey and the Head of Communications here at EFSA. And today we're going to be talking about plant health and specifically about invasive alien species. So if you want to know a bit more about that, and I can tell you now we're not talking about extraterrestrials, then do stay tuned. We have a slightly special uh, setup for the podcast today. We're going to split it into two parts. Uh, We're going to start with a broad look at um, invasive alien species, and then we're going to talk in the second half of the podcast about uh, some of the communication efforts and awareness-raising efforts we're doing. So, to begin with, uh, we're joined by one of our plant health experts, Sara Tramontini. Sara, a very warm welcome to you. Thank you for being with us here today. Thank you very much, James. Let's start at the beginning, so to speak. So what do we mean by uh, plant health? Um, And talk to us also about uh, invasive alien species, because this is what we want to to really focus on today. Um, And, you know, if if you're completely new to the subject, that might might sound like something completely, (laughs) I don't know, extraterrestrial, but it's not, is it? We're talking about insects or pests uh, that can travel around the world. Indeed, indeed. So the the definition about invasive alien species is very generic. It refers to the fact that there are some species of animal and plants that comes from abroad and can have a a strong impact to our ecosystems, to our agriculture, etc. And that goes beyond the specific EFSA remit. If we speak about what we do on invasive alien species here, what I do actually in pest risk assessment, it's about uh, uh, the evaluation of risks that either insects, viruses, bacteria, or other pathogens can bring to our plants in Europe. So it's a specific subcategory of invasive alien species. Still, among them, there are species that are very known to most of the people for the type of damage and, and consequences that they brought in the in the last years. So can you give us an example? Well, the, the, the most known one was for, is for sure Xylella, but the most recent that... Mm, probably has, has appeared in many newspapers, is the, the one of the red fire ant, the Solenopsis invicta, okay. uh, which is a, a, indeed an, a, an, a non-native uh, ant that uh, was recently found in Sicily. And apart from making damages to, to agriculture, to crops, to plants, it's also very risky for, also for human health reasons. They so, are nasty... Bite, yeah, yeah, bite definitely. Ants is a, a bite, isn't bite, it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so what's what's really fascinating of, of this type of of the work that we do is really to, to put together some species that come from outside and try to figure out the n- n- numerous type of consequences that could bring to a new place, to a new place where maybe it doesn't have any natural enemy, maybe we don't have any also any human control option that work against it. Or maybe it finds a new host that was not a plant that it could find in its natural environment and it's very suitable to it. So these kind of things are, are really challenging. Yeah, I read about one actually, um, uh, I read about a research project uh, in the UK uh, over the weekend about the Chinese, um, is it the Chinese mitten crab? 
Do you know yeah. about this one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is widespread now uh, across Europe, I think, and it's having a big impact on on salmon farming and so on right. in, in the north. Right. Right. Many many invasive uh, species have this effect because not having any type of a barrier to their to their spread, or or even having a, a, an environment that is even more suitable for some reason for the fact that maybe there is more more people moving and moving them, uh, or some climatic conditions that are particularly good, they can they can start uh, in increasing their population in an unexpected manner. So among the many drivers, there is not only the fact that they, there are no natural enemies, but the fact that we move a lot. We move a lot of goods, we, we travel a lot of ourselves. There are other external effects that anyhow are related to our human activity. There is the climate warming, that, uh, that uh, the global warming that somehow creates new conditions in unexpected areas that could allow this pest to survive. Okay. And maybe just linking to you know the situation in Europe, what the EU does in, in the area of plant health. Why is it important, first of all? And and you know, what, what do we do in the EU to make sure that right. protecting against this uh, this these risks? Well, in fact, our work of assessing risks before, hopefully before they come, is a way to give the tool to decide about what to regulate or what not. So we have a very broad, but also very um, dynamic regulation in terms for plant health that is continuously updated with the list of new pests that should be regulated as quarantine pests or in an even more restrictive manner or we have, there are a lot of categories of pests meaning insects viruses bacteria that are not allowed to enter to europe and if they are found in Europe, against which there are a series of measures to... Okay. To so at the EFSA, we're, we're providing advice about which kind of uh, invasive alien species we need to look out for, uh, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We can get mandates about specific pests to work directly on, the, on those ones, or... Uh, even more anticipated activity, like it's the horizon scanning activity, through which we screen the news appearing on the media and try to identify signals from the web about any potential threat that could reach Europe. And therefore, we inform risk managers, and in this way, they they can even anticipate potential risks. Okay, really interesting. And I guess, I mean, we do this for, for various reasons, but not least because, um, you know, they can have a huge uh, impact on the economy, on trade, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. They, yeah. Have, they have effect on our crops, but also on our natural environment. And actually, the, the point of the biodiversity is one of the most relevant ones. It looks like uh, is the, the invasive alien species are one of the five main reasons of reduction of biodiversity in the world. Um, and therefore, uh, no, but not only, uh, they, they can have effect on, on our health, as the example of Solenopsis invicta, on uh, the animals, they can be vector of diseases, a part of being also pests or plants. So there, there could be many aspects that interfere with our life. They can have a, an effect on, on our cultural values if they make disappearing important species that have a an, an, uh, particularly relevant... Uh, yeah, this was the case, obviously, with uh, Zilella. Which, exactly, uh, yeah, exactly, good point. So, Sarah, give us uh, an example of one of these uh, these quarantine pairs or these priority pairs, you know, the ones we don't want to come into the EU. I think that a good example, considering that we are getting close to the end of year festivity, could be um, the Siberian silk moth, scientifically known as Dendrolimus sibiricus, which is a moth coming from the northern eastern part of, of Europe. 
that attacks many coniferous plants, including Christmas tree. Ah, okay. So if by any chance you buy a Christmas tree that is not certified, therefore nobody has looked for the presence of this pest, you could bring into Europe a very dangerous and non-wanted species. Okay, so that's something for us to, as, as consumers to, to think about. Absolutely. We have individual responsibilities to the movement of pest plants from all around the world. Okay, well, that's great. You, you give us a bridge there to speak uh, with our next guest because we're going to focus a bit more on individual responsibility and um, the work we're doing in communications to try and raise awareness about some of these issues. So um, thank you very much, Sarah, for your time. And uh, to our listeners, join us again after the break for the second half of the podcast. Hello listeners and welcome back to the second half of this podcast on plant health. So we just heard from Sarah about invasive alien species and individual responsibility as well when it comes to protecting plant health and we're going to explore that topic a little bit more now and talk about our communication campaign on plant health. Awareness raising activities on this on this issue have been going on for a long time in Europe. Uh, a few a few years ago was the first international year for plant health, um, and we followed that up here at EFSA with the member states by launching a uh, a campaign of our own to raise awareness among uh, the general public about plant health issues. And I'm joined today by two people who are very much involved in this campaign. Uh, the first is another one of our plant health experts, Agata Kachmarik. And uh, we also have a communications officer here from my team, Irene Zanetti. Hi, Agatha. Hello, James. And hi, Irene. Hi, James. So uh, let's start with you, Agatha. You've acted as our kind of consultant, our scientific expert uh, on this uh, on this communications campaign that we're doing. Can you tell us what we're trying to achieve with the campaign? So why did we set it up and what's the main message? I think the main message is also to the people like me. I'm a real plant enthusiast. If you look at my flat, it's full of philodendrons. So basically, <laughs> I keep bringing them, I keep buying them. And people like me are not not very aware what we should look at sometimes. So basically, the campaign is for different audiences, which Irene would introduce. But the main message is, when you travel, don't bring plants. The campaign is not bring plants from outside EU, but it's also within EU. As countries have different environment, we have to be concerned. We have to be concerned what we bring. So basically when we, like, so for example, spot a nice plant on the field in on our holidays, don't bring it to home because it looks nice on your balcony. So buy the plant with the certifications. EU has certifications, outside countries also have certifications. So that's our second message. The third message is the education. So basically educate your kids. Nowadays we have really nice cartoons, also commercials. Even my nieces showed me one of the really interesting cartoon about the invasive species and how the kids by accident introduced a new plant to Galapagos Islands. And I was really amazed because the message was targeted to kids like 9, 11 years. My niece is 10 years and she taught me, ah, you know what are invasive alien species. <laughs> so actually that was really funny, but also very, I would say, giving you hope for the yeah, new generation that something yeah. that we do matters. Well, it's, it's also very nice to hear that, you know, your niece is uh, a keen plant uh, 
enthusiast as well. So maybe she follows in your footsteps as a, so. as a scientist. <laughs> um, Agatha, thanks very much. We're going to bring in Irene now to talk a little bit about the mechanics of the campaign um, because it's something we are doing uh, with a large number of international partners and partners within the member states. So Irene, welcome to the hot seat, so to speak. Just talk to us a bit more about the, the, the rationale for the campaign. So, so why did we start this in the first place? We run a thorough social research at EFSA, which showed that European citizens have a very low awareness of the risks linked to plant health. Um, Sara and Agatha have explained to us the potential uh, threats uh, coming to our food security, food safety, to biodiversity. And uh, what we see is that Europeans don't know about those. So um, the risks uh, that uh, are linked to their behaviours are not due to negligence, they're linked to lack of awareness. And that's why we decided to develop a campaign targeting uh, travellers, plant enthusiasts uh, and parents and their children so that uh, we can increase this awareness. And and we focus on these these specific target audiences because we know from our research that the messages we have to convey will be well received or will resonate most with them. Yeah, we do because their behaviour could uh, lead to, to plant health threats, first of all, and because social research shows they are prone to take up the message and to further spread it as ambassadors or as influencers, we would say in the social media world, within their communities, within their families and the circle of friends. So um, travellers, for example, reached by our campaign will hopefully uh, next year start telling uh, their friends and their uh, travelling uh, companions, and uh, no, folks, you know, there's a very nice plant, but we shouldn't take it home from our travel. Let's uh, rather buy it from uh, a retailer, a seller, when we're back home. Very good. Obviously, EFSA is a European Union uh, agency uh, and we're running a pan-European campaign. W- what's it like to, to roll out uh, a campaign on that kind of scale? It's extremely fun. Uh, it's also, I mean, uh, it's a challenge in the sense that uh, we needed to create uh, a narrative and a set of creative materials that could speak to Europeans all across uh, the continent. We didn't choose an existing bug. We developed uh, an insect bug that could be perceived uh, uh, immediately by everyone as a threat to our environment and way of living. And it's a multi-year campaign, right? So we launched it this year, but uh, there's plenty more coming soon. Yes, it's a three-year campaign. This year we had 12 countries aboard, 10 from the EU to candidate countries, and even more next year. So stay tuned for next year's edition. Brilliant. Okay, uh, before we close, remind us again, Irene, the name of the campaign and uh, tell our listeners where they can find more information if they'd like it. Sure. It's called Plant Health for Life to highlight the key link between the health of plants and our everyday life. Information can be found on our website, on the campaign dedicated website and on social media at the hashtag Plant Health for Life. Okay, that's great. I think we're going to to leave it there. Thank you very much, Irene. Thank you for having me. And thank you too, Agatha. Thank you very much, James. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Science on the Menu. Stay tuned for the next episode, which is coming soon. uh, And we'll see you all next time. Thank you and goodbye.